Hello, everybody. It's Dave Neal, stand-up comic, host of Bachelor Nation News. It's a thirsty Thursday for you, folks, and I'm going to quench that thirst. April 6, 2023, it's Bachelor Rush Hour. All right, air that song out a little bit. Let's have some fun on this ride home today. Five, six, seven, eight. That's a stanky song. Oh, yeah. We got a lot to talk about here in the world of Bachelor, plus some non-Bachelor news. We'll do an update on uh, Vanderpump Rules. We'll get you caught up on that story. Plus, we've got some stories behind the story, some recappers fighting back against the alumni. We love to see it. And I appreciate all those new folks that are out there. I know we got a couple new subscribers that have joined us from my chat I had with Reality Steve last week. So I want to give you guys a personal shout out. Welcome to the table. Welcome to your daily afternoon grind as we race home to go stuff our face with some nice dinner after a hard day at work, whatever we're doing out there. I've got a stand-up show tonight in Pasadena and tomorrow night in downtown Los Angeles if you're in the L.A. world. Just follow me on Instagram at dneals, and we'll get you some tickets. I think both those shows are free, actually. And um, I'm going to get to a clip in a minute. I'm going to share you guys a clip from my stand-up comedy show I did last month. I finally uploaded my 30-minute so- show to Patreon. You can go check that out on patreon.com slash daveneal. And how about this? Bachelor in Paradise star Aaron Clancy, bad boy Aaron, is settling down with I'm Alice Gray, an Instagram uh, sensation. Uh, He says, I've been pretty busy lately and I couldn't be happier about it. Kind, generous, and understanding is an understatement. Thank you for being one of the most special people I've ever met. Let's keep living it up, babe. And he tags Alice Gray. That's a hard launch, folks. Even Michael A. says, let it be known, Alice Gray is a real one, and I couldn't be more happy for you, too. Yeah, none of those fake ones out there. All of the former cast members of Bachelor in Paradise all wishing Aaron well on his journey for love. It's a good jam we got going on here. Just going to let this one air out for a second. BachelorNation.com has a story. Katie Bigger reveals she and Gabby will remain close friends regardless of the Bachelor ending. And of course, easy for Katie to say, she got the man. She got the good edit. She got the finale with all the girlfriends. What did Gabby get? Gabby got a little bit of bitterness, but no, I think I think they'll remain friends. I just wonder how that'll work out when it comes to, you know, group dinners. You know, will Zach be invited? Do they have to worry about who's sitting at the head of the table? We'll have to find out. So I was mentioned today by She's All Batch, our friends of the show, podcasters, She's All Batch, and we're going to get into the clip that they played. They were uh, talking about a subject we've talked about, which was Zach Shellcross calling out Nick Vial. If you guys remember, Zach called Nick out and said, yeah, he tried to get on my good side when he found out I was a bachelor, and then he just slammed me, so F that guy. And... Um, I was actually surprised when I saw this story on Reddit because I got pulled into the conversation. Why don't I let this play and then we'll, we'll discuss it right after. And so Zach and Katie went on Caitlin Bristow's podcast and revealed a little something about Nick Vial. So basically when Zach was the bachelor, Nick reached out kind of as like a, hey man, like I got your back. I'm like the older fraternity brother if you need anything. But 
Zach basically said that the next day Nick turned around and bashed Zach on his podcast. So well, he didn't say the next day. As so, okay, so Nick and again, but great reporting by She's All Batch. We love them. They're over there and you listen to their podcast. Jackie and Steph, good friends. Uh, but um, you know, Zach, uh, you know, Nick obviously reaches out to everybody. Uh, maybe it's not obvious, but this is what he does. He's a commentator. He's a recapper. He does all this. So he slides into the DMs when someone becomes relevant, like a Susie Evans. He's going to message her and he's going to say, hey, Susie, big fan of you, you know, blah, blah, blah. That way, when it's time for Susie to pick what podcast to go on, maybe she'll choose Nick's. I think that's fair. I just think that's kind of how it works. Nick was in sales, so he understands how this all works. But of course, if then Nick decides to criticize someone, you can understand they might be like, oh, A2 Bruto, you know what I mean? As far as Katie Thurston going on his show, they were chummy chummy. And then all of a sudden, when it when it came down to it, uh, sides were chosen. Oh, this is what Zach said about Nick. Was it bad? Because he had reached out to me like the day before saying, hey, man, I got your back. Like, I'll support you. <laughs> and then he drops his phone number. And I, and I just like saw it. And I was like, oh, that's great. Then- OK, all right. I am wrong. I am wrong. She's all batches right Zach, from his mouth, whether it's exaggeration or not, says he reached out the day before. That makes the story even funnier. Next day, I just see in Yahoo News or whatever, slam Zach, shout cross. I'm Now, but the problem here, the problem here is that Zach says, I read it in a y- Yahoo News. First of all, if there's literally one person left reading Yahoo News, I'm not surprised it's Zach. <laughs> How funny is that? Zach, are you sure you're not getting all your content from AOL.com? What the hell, Zach? Who reads Yahoo News? Quitting this. Or he's so this. And I was like, was that just like a pity reach out or like, because it kind of hurt. Like, I don't, I don't, totally. I've never been. He's like, I was trying to figure out how to be the bachelor. So I went to askjeeves.com. And I was like, it's kind of an asshole move. Yeah. Maybe he didn't mean to. Maybe something he said got taken out of context. I don't listen to his stuff. Yeah. And that's the problem, Zach. You, you, you actually do have a point in that Nick did come hard for you. But the fact that you didn't even listen to that content. Gosh, I'm like screaming from a rooftop. We need to get back to listening to the source material. But from what I could see, it looked a little harsh. It so was I just harsh. Um, nothing was taken out of context. Yeah, and it, he did it a lot, too. It was, like, pretty consistent. Sometimes I think, though, Nick's the kind of person who, like, goes to record his podcast and, like, blacks out, just says the most, like, random shit, and then hits upload. Podcast goes into the abyss of the world, and he's like, what? I don't know. I, I was right. What do you mean? No. And then... Perfect impression. But he doesn't realize that, like, <laughs> what he said. It's like, dude, that was mean, but he, I think he just, like, blacks out and says shit. And- well, I think Nick knows what he's saying. I just think he's got a job to do. So so he's going to continue to speak his truth, as it were, uh, which, of course, whenever someone says they're speaking their truth, that means they're about to say something like like a dickhead. You know what I mean? Hey, honey, I want to speak my truth. She's like, well, go sleep on the couch if you want to speak your truth. Yeah, you want it. You should. We should all speak our truth until, you know, but maybe 90 percent of the time. And then blacks back in and is like, oh, sorry, blacks back in. <laughs> I'm more like a little creeped about him reaching out almost like extending an olive branch type thing like hey if you need anything i'm here name's nick mm-hmm. he has like a name tag it's like when you like start a new job and you're working yeah. at target and he's like i'm nick uh people know me around here i've been working here for quite some time so you're going to want to have to respect me mm-hmm. that's what i feel like it is like you may not know me but i'm nick vial and you're going to have to get to know me i yeah. think him reaching out is like hey just letting you know don't cross me because I'm like, I'm the head honcho on this block. That's what it comes off to me. 
Also- and and it's also kind of true. I mean, Nick, Caitlin Bristow, those are the top dogs. I don't know what their analytics are, but they're neck in neck. I personally lean on Caitlin Bristow. Like I've said this in the past, if I had uh, to invest my money in Caitlin Bristow being a megastar or Nick Vial, I choose Caitlin Bristow just because I I think she's got a drive unlike anybody else. I think she's very entrepreneurial, and I and I in 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 all that, I, I just see her kind of going to that next level, kind of kind of like afternoon talk show or whatever, which which probably wouldn't do her justice because that's like you know you know the height of the afternoon talk show was probably in like the nineties, right? Like the Oprahs. The Ellens and or early two thousands, uh, but my point being is that she, Caitlin Bristow, has got a ton of upside. But yeah, Caitlin and Nick are the top dogs in the Bachelor commentary alumni world. So when researching this story, I was looking at friend of the show Dave Neal's YouTube. Shout out Dave! And Dave said that when he started blowing up on YouTube, that Nick reached out to Dave. And they- now I didn't say blowing up. But, but I appreciate them saying it. But yeah, like, yeah, you start to do better on YouTube. YouTube starts to recommend your content to other people. And I'm sure Nick was like, who the hell is this Dave guy? He had a phone call. And I inquired about this because Wait, Dave was a friend. Yeah. And I was like, what did the phone call entail? And Dave basically said, it was a while ago, but basically said, oh, I really like your stuff. Wanted to kind of introduce himself. I think that's strategic. A hundred percent. Wait, I didn't know this. I'm learning this for the first time on the pod live. That's a hundred percent strategic. Because I do think, don't you think if we got a call from Nick Vile just being like, hey, she's all batch girls. Um, I just want to let you know, like, I'm Nick Vile. I really do think it would influence us to go easier on him because we'd be like, oh, shit, he's listening to us. Like, he knows who we are. And they're and they do have a good point. They do have a point that when you know someone is watching your content, you probably become a little nicer. And I think I actually probably have developed more empathy for that reason. I I, I practice what I preach, which is saying if we're gonna say something, we should be prepared to say it to somebody's face. So when I am super critical of somebody I have to think about that and like, well, they might read this. So how am I going to say this? So like in the instance where I've been critical of Tasha in her PPP loan, I've kept it. I've kept my argument sort of based solely on not that I think she's a bad person, but I think that she uh, misused what the PPP loans were all about because she used it to hire someone versus uh, having someone on existing payroll. And that's it was very clear in in the usage of the loans that that's not what you were supposed to do. So anyway, but then but then I, I do get snarky on some occasions with like Ari, you know, when Ari's complaining about avocado prices in Hawaii at his second home, of course I bring up the fact that he took government money during the pandemic when clearly he's got Range Rovers and second homes and all these other things going on. So I clearly think that you know, I probably there. So there are some cases where I've been hard on people with Maddie Pruitt. People think I'm very hard on her uh, when in fact, it's more so on the hypocrisy that uh, the things that she stands for don't always align, line up with the sort of products she sells. So, you know, there is, there is something to be said about, you know, the bigger your channel gets, the more you realize other people are going to be hearing what you say and all that jazz. Was I ever really tough on Nick? I don't think so. Even when it comes to the battle that Nick had with Katie Thurston, I kept it, I I believe at least, very much on the line of like calling out words he said. So if he's going to be upset that that someone else is profiting off of having a Patreon, we have to say, well, Nick, you also have a Patreon. You know what I mean? And I think that's, I think that's fair. Um, 
I would not feel awkward if I ran into him in person. He's never asked me to lay off, but I will say there are two different leads and you guys can guess who they are, um, who have asked me not to run with stories. In both cases, they were stories I had already decided I wasn't going to run with. Well, I'll just tell you, one of them was Nick. Nick had asked me once to say, hey, um, if if you don't mind, could you not cover this story? And I understand it was because it was something that was near and dear to him, and I wasn't going to cover it already because it involved aspects of life that are off the limits of things I've decided to talk about, namely people's family and things like that. If you didn't sign up for the show and you don't bring yourself into the discussion of the show, I just have laid off of that for the most part. Maybe you could find a few reasons, uh, you know, times when that's not true. But either way, I thought it was an interesting conversation I thought I'd share with you guys about some of the behind the scenes and inner workings of how it goes down in Bachelor Nation. So yes, while I've recapped the show in one aspect or another for The last eight years, my channel did not take off till about two years ago. And that's when I received the message from Nick saying, hey, call me. And then we chatted, I don't know, maybe 15 minutes. And I offered him some some respect for the way he's been able to build a career post-bachelor. And you can understand why, because he does all of the groundwork that is needed to keep on maintaining relationships within the show. Now, if Nick got, you know, if some heinous thing happened tomorrow, of course I'm going to cover it. I think if anything, I've been, fairly pretty critical of him. I will say it is telling and and it and there is probably a level of bitterness. I would ex- I would call it extremely low. I'm not losing sleep over it that he was so complimentary of my channel and everything I have going on and then has never asked me to actually be on his show. So, you know, I understand he usually has like if you know, female influencers and celebrity types. I totally get it. Um but, you know, that that's the blue collar life of being a uh, non celebrity bachelor recapper, folks. And in some non bachelor news, have you been following this story that we have with the Vanderpump Rules? We have Tom Sandoval in quotes in love with Raquel, says his pal Tom Schwartz. Let's listen to the clip here, and then we'll try to fill you in as much as possible onto this crazy story that's existed for the last month or so regarding a cheating scandal on reality TV. When did you first learn of Tom and Raquel's affair, and were you acting as a decoy on his behalf? I learned in August, in late August, about the affair. The one-night stand. Okay. Allegedly. Okay. Um, and no, I was not acting as a But deep. I feel like you told me at the reunion that you learned in January of the affair. No, 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 no. So the one night stand okay. was in August. Okay. Yeah, yeah, bring it on. You learned about that <laughs> in yes, August. Yes, but it was like, this was, it was, it was like a crisis. <coughs> what Tom, did you Tom learn in January? Tom was having January? like a midlife crisis. Yes. And then, the, like, what happened in the fall, it, there's a lot of gray area there. Apparently not, though. I didn't think it was a So lit- the guy speaking is Tom. Uh, Schwartz and he's business partners and friends with Tom Sandoval who had an affair and uh, you know obviously that's a no-no to have an affair but now people are wondering well who knew about it what did you know did you cover for him your thing okay okay I, you know I only know I'm what getting I a told. word salad from you right okay 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 <laughs> when did you find out about the affair the, the one night stand okay the one night stand you found out about yes. in August and then it became like it became it, from my point of view, it became like an emotional affair, which is still inappropriate. Okay. But it didn't, I didn't think it was a linear thing, but in January, Tom came to me. What does this word linear mean? Well, <laughs> like in succession, like I, like I, it, like steadily progressing. Okay. Um, okay. okay. Am I, um, yes, but, okay. But he told me, he came to me in January and he told me that he's in love. 
Um, with Rick told you he was in love with okay, her in so January. Tom Schwartz now whispers, of course, still on air, that he was told by Tom Sandoval that he's now in love with Raquel. Oh, right. Uh, can you imagine? And now, if you're Raquel, how could you? How could you think that this love can be built off? You know, starting off of uh, you know an affair. But it's so funny that the words they use, where he goes, "Well, we had they had a one night stand, but then they had emotional cheating." It's like, well, I think it's still cheating if you if you banged, if you had a one night stand, and then you kept emotionally in that same you know world i feel like that still counts as cheating what a weird story there's a reason why i haven't covered this yet it's because it's so layered and complicated i just like don't even know where to jump in it's almost like a game of um jump rope but the jump rope is moving too fast and i'm like i can't even enter this where your reaction was <sighs> i was flabbergasted okay but i'm not surprised because I, I you know listen I'll, i think there's a lot of people out there who kind of know it was an open secret it was an open secret. What was an open secret? Tom and Raquel. Like, they were... Really? They, after that, I mean, Tom kind of got flagrant, you know? He was brazen. After and, what? After after he told me that he was in love. Oh. Like, like, I don't know. It was like a release for him. And, and it, also, it's... At, by the way, just for the record, I'm being fed a narrative that he has broken up with Ariana or attempted to multiple times. Okay. Many, many times. Okay. And he's not happy... They're not healthy. They're not intimate. Blah blah blah. All well, of it's all of it's inconsequential <coughs> now in light of the way he handled it. We got but, a lot of viewer questions wanting yeah. to know after what. A all good- right. So I don't know if any of this makes any sense to any of you guys out there, but let me know what you think. And by all means, we'll be covering this more. Um, now I'm going to play a clip of my stand-up set where I talked about why I couldn't do the fantasy suite. Um, this was from my stand-up set in San Diego uh, last month. I'm going to have this entire set. It's uploading right now. We'll be on. On Patreon, patreon.com slash Dave Neal. And then after I play this, we'll get into a clip where we have Kat Izzo talking about this past season of The Bachelor. But here, have a listen. I'll be quite honest. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you the real reason I couldn't go on the show. Aside from the wife. She's lovely. Um, but I love our relationship. We just watch the show and go over who we'd fuck. That's what we do. I mean, you die of, like, she's like, Dave, if you die of a cancer, uh, Pilot Pete's mine. I'm like, you can have him. What the fuck? She just wants those bonus miles. I'm like, that's all you're going to get right there. Yeah. flying my ass. Um, no, but here's why, I, here's why I couldn't do the fantasy suite. Um, not because of, like, you know, jealousy or intimacy or any of that. I would just get so pissed off if I found out the other two guys had nicer hotel rooms. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because they always have, like, the first ones, like, perfect, beautiful suite on a little island with, like, champagne, strawberries, and infinity pool. Then the second one's like, okay, and then I'm stuck in a yurt in a desert. Like, what the fuck? All right, that full stand-up set, 30 minutes, is available on patreon.com slash Dave Neal. And now we have Courtney Robertson's podcast, Off Contract, interviewing Kat Izzo. Have a listen. I'm out here struggling. <laughs> I don't understand. I remember the first group day, I, when I watched it back, I'm like, I was like going cross-eyed. I was so tired by the end of the night. It was a very long day. But your your adrenaline's so high and you're so excited. You're having so much fun. Like you don't even know, you don't even realize the times that are like the time at all. You're just enjoying the moments. So that kind of helped a lot, especially in the beginning. Oh man, next thing you know, the sun's coming up. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> so how are you doing now? I mean, you know, so I, you handled yourself so well at the Women Tell All. Um, so for the listeners, obviously, uh, you know, I, they called you Cat on the show, but do you like I, to go by Catherine? Yeah, that's what I, I know I go by Cat. Okay, so Cat, uh, you know, pulled Zach uh, to the side before Charity's one-on-one date and gave him a little smoochy pooch. 
he walked in with lip gloss and uh brooklyn really had a some i felt like more beef with it than charity did um so how did that feel for you was it like the sort of thing they were like go steal him like you just saw the opportunity you're like i i miss him i am i've noticed and i mean i've known this but i really realized this while watching it back and just being in those moments very emotionally reactive so prior to them reading the date card i was you know confiding in people and talking about how i was feeling like i really did miss him because we lost that time in covid in london and stuff and i was just feeling like i was really hoping that he would i knew that charity was going to have time with him that week but I just was like, maybe there's a chance that he wants to do a group two first. And I was like kind of thinking that, and I was just really missing him. So um, it was just something that I was like, okay, I miss him. Let me do something about it and try to see him. I mean, at the time I'm only thinking about my relationship and myself. And when you're in settings like this, you sometimes act outside of yourself. I mean, you're it's situations that aren't normal, right? Like we're in, we're all dating one man. So I just remember being very like, upset about not being able to see him over those extra week because we went like, I don't even know. Reality caught up with us. That's how long we went without seeing him. So to like feel that longness with him more than we normally already were was really difficult. And that was just something that I was like, okay, let, let me just do this right before. Um, and also it was, I know it looked very shorter, like less time than it was, but we were sitting there for a good amount of time before I pulled oh. him. We were all kind all of right. So Kat shows some behind the scenes. Now you might remember the scene where Zach comes to pick up Charity for their group date and then Kat immediately butts in. And as Kat says here, they were sitting down for like 15 minutes. Everyone got their pleasantries in. Kat, you know, she, she took the bull by the horns, if you will. And I'm all about that. I mean, look, I, I don't think most of these women have probably ever had to quote unquote compete for a man before no offense to anyone who's competed i've you know uh, i've spent my whole life competing for the attention you're at the bar rubbing elbows you're not the tallest guy you're trying to peacock and do your thing hey how are you can i get you a gin and tonic you know and she's like actually i wanted tequila and you're like well uh, the special's gin and tonic you know what i mean uh you're just there at happy hour um can we go to dinner at seven actually let's go to dinner at 4 30 there's two for one tacos either way point being is that um there is no recipe for how it's supposed to go down so she got she got Got, um, you know, but she gave the rest of the women a chance to make her the headline and you never want to be the headline of the story. Not on Bachelor, you know. All right. So let's go to some other parts here so we can quickly see that. I mean, in my in my in my humble opinion, I just don't think she did anything wrong whatsoever on a scenario where you're in this polygamous situation trying to get your uh, your time in a bachelor 10 hours a day on two times speed, taking furious. Right, let's go forward here. Oh, well, I, I loved it. Honestly, I really, I'm like, go after what you want. Like I said, use your time wisely. Um, and then you come back in and Brooklyn's like, just, you can tell she's gonna lose it. And she's like, he has lip gloss on his lips. So, um, and then I loved how you shut that conversation down later with her. She came kind of interjected herself into the conversation with charity. How'd well, you feel? When I come yeah, back, charity's a therapist, right? Uh, I believe she's a therapist. Charity's a great communicator. It's almost belittling to charity that Brooklyn would come in and be the outraged one. That's that's for charity to have. You get a chance to say your piece, Brooklyn. You know, you say your piece and then you're done. You got to move on. That ruminating doesn't do anyone any good. And everybody was like taken back. I was like, oh God, I just did something really bad. Like that was my, I'm like, I 
did not think that. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I just hurt some, I just hurt people's feelings. And I was really upset to know that like I had done that to someone else. And then they're like, you just need to talk to charity. And I'd actually asked my producer to like, can you just let her know? Like, I hope she has a good day. And I'm so sorry. Like, cause I really did not think that that was I, at the time I wasn't thinking outside of myself. So I felt immediately bad. And then I saw the energies get to the level that they did. And I just really was like, Oh my, I, I, my only concern and priority was I need to just make this good with charity. And yeah. And of course she did, but then there was defensiveness and it spilled over till the woman tell all came and sat down with me, followed me because I was getting in my feels. I cry when I'm <laughs> and she sat down on a chair with me and she said, I don't know what just happened, but I just want to talk to you personally. And we had a very good conversation. I was able to see where it hurt her and apologize immediately is when I could about the moment or about the situation. And, we were able to come to an understanding. Um, but at that point it just had escalated so much with Brooklyn and I didn't, I was trying to just not let it affect my relationship. So. All right. Much ado about nothing. So then, um, you know, they have their little tiff at the woman tell all honestly, not a big deal. Is there too much to this interview? No, I mean, it's a good interview, but I don't think there's anything, uh, like surprising we're finding out. I think we're just sifting through the wreckage of the season. And one of the bigger storylines was the drama that was caused from this issue. And again, we just get to see sort of like, I don't even want to call it a group think it was really, we kind of had a situation like we had on bachelor in paradise where we had the union of grocery store Joe and them kind of like dictating the moral uh, boundaries of what goes down. And the same thing happened with Brooklyn. She, you know, morally, she couldn't get past this. But, you know, in Brooklyn's defense, she's also um, probably sleep deprived and struggling with all of the stresses of the show. And she's trying to control whatever aspects of it she can. Um, Katie as well. So it's got to it's kind of cool. that You guys can all come together and, you know, be so close. You know, it's people always ask like, how do you guys do it? And I'm like, I don't know if it's just like our like personalities or just, we just like, don't view it in that way. We're very understanding and we know what we signed up for kind of thing. And we see each other past them being in a relationship with him. We see each other as individuals, I think is what's really just helped. And um, yeah, I've had many weekends with them and it's, it's crazy to see it back now knowing, cause we really, none of us knew because we wanted to just respect everyone's privacy, but I'm just grateful that we're not like, I didn't join a cast where everyone was weird about it. <laughs> Cause oh, that would have sucked. <laughs> I think it's super and then they, rare. And then just to paraphrase, they go into Bachelor in Paradise and Kat says, yeah, I think I'd be interested in going, you know, so it doesn't, you know, I think, I think Kat would be an easy pick for Bachelor in Paradise. I think she would be far more suited for that because while, while Zach had all these other options, I think, in my opinion, if Kat was put on the beach, she would be uh, the apple of plenty of men's eyes and um, she might have a better outcome. Uh, let me know what you guys think. That's your Cat Izzo update. And we made it to the end, folks. There it is. Another day, another glorious Bachelor Rush Hour podcast. If there's any questions, please write in to me. You can DM me on Instagram. You can join the newsletter. So many ways to connect. And don't forget Dave Neal's community on Facebook, free community. And as always, if you want to put some bread in the tip jar, best way to donate is to go to Patreon, patreon.com slash Dave Neal. Link in the description below, and you can join us that way. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'll be back tomorrow for a Freaky Friday. I've been Dave Neal. This was Bachelor Rush Hour. Bye.